Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to another episode of Ben Frank Now. Wow, it's been a long time since I've done an episode, I guess, but sorry for last week um, or a week before last. We did record um, an episode, but I messed up and didn't get it out by some technical errors, I guess. So that was my mistake. Anybody was looking forward to our um, 2020 end of the year episode. I take the um, I take the fault on that one though. But um, we're going to kind of um, retry this, hopefully, and make sure to do it right this time. So hey, we got Mr. Brian Stallings there. B, are you there? B, right, can you hear me, sir? My bad, yeah. I'm, here, man. I'm good. I'm like, I'm looking around like, oh, Dale, did I mess up again? <laughs> My goodness. My bad. I was, I was trying to, I was occupied with something that uh, I'm good right now. Man. Happy, happy uh, New Year, you and T. How y'all doing? Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year's to you, T. Are you there? I am here. Man, y'all make man that little slight delay make me nervous, man. I'm like, man, what am I doing? I'm over here freaking out, just looking at my board. Like, I know it's late. We're recording on a Saturday night at. Oh man, is it twelve oh eight y'all time already? It's not. It's eleven oh eight my time. Oh B, I'm sorry. It's twelve oh eight. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're recording this late Saturday night, Sunday morning. So uh, appreciate you guys wanting to do episode, and we'll get this out on wax, and hopefully um, we get some listeners. To continue to listen to our show, um, like I said last week, that didn't get recorded because Miss T messed it up. Um, <laughs> um, we got listeners, you know, and I appreciate you guys. Um, it's crazy when I made that announcement on Facebook that we're dropping the show. <laughs> we had like forty six people start listening a day now. I was like, "What the hell?" They probably mad at me, like, "Where's the new show at?" But nobody didn't say anything to me, so hey, that was my mistake, though. So. Um, Hey guys, I would like I said I apologize. I don't apologize too much, but on that one I will apologize on though. So hey, happy New Year's to Miss T. Happy New Year's to B. Y'all have a good New Year's. Nice little yeah. P. It was great. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty chill, man. Went went back to to Terra hosting some time with the family and yeah, it was pretty good. How about yours? I, I was working, man. I was out there while y'all were all cuddled up and stuff. I was working like three degrees. Matter of fact, I remember it was three degrees out, and um, and um, I think it was snow or ice. I don't know. Shit was blowing all my face, man. I had to do some outside work, and um, oh, it was cold that night. I ain't even lie. <laughs> it was cold that night. I don't know how black people live in Minnesota, but yeah, it was cold at night though. But um, no, nah, it is what it is, man. You know, like we said, we do got to make sacrifices to provide for our families, and it is what it is, man. So, I'm like a few other people out there on Facebook that like to make comments, think we just sit back and um, like free handouts. Not everybody's like that, but I ain't gonna say nothing. I got else, you. So, yeah, that's just a <laughs> that's a jab. So, what's up today, man? What are we talking about, man? You know, um, it's crazy. Like I said, speaking of Facebook, man, you know, and not even really Facebook. It's just crazy times right now, you know. Um, Man, we can go, you know, I mean, we talk about the cancel culture. We talk about um, things that happened this past week. Let's do a week in review, you know. How you feel about what has happened this weekend, what has um, transpired, and what was, we're coming down to a January 20th in 10 days. Yeah, 10 days away. Um, 
with the inauguration, which is supposed to be virtually, which I don't kind of understand that, but it's going to be kind of odd. It's going to be a virtual or it's going to oh, a virtual parade. Is that what it is? That's what it was. So I don't. Yeah, that's going to be weird. How do you have a virtual parade? The same way everyone's been doing it during Man, COVID. I haven't been paying attention. That tells you. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I ain't gonna lie. I've been to one. I ain't gonna lie. I've been to like maybe two parades in my life. I probably watched two online. That that Macy Day parade that has happened. But yeah, it is what it is, man. But um, yeah. What do you guys think about what happened this past weekend? Well, I think to start off the week really started with the push to flip Georgia blue. Um, what happened and first? So Did that flip that first? That happened first. That was January 5th. Six. Wait, hold on. Hold on. That was six. To do what again? Hold on. Carl, what'd you say? I said, I think to, to begin with the beginning of the week, what happened was there was a push to push to flip Georgia blue. Ah, okay. Got it. And so, I, you know, it's kind of interesting that January 5th kind of kicked off a lot of different things because by the time I went to bed, Raphael War- Warnock Oh my goodness! Was winning. slated to winner. Everyone kind of thought Ossoff was going to win, but his margin wasn't large enough yet. And so it was interesting going to bed on the night of the fifth, knowing that the next day there was going to be certification of electoral votes, but also knowing that they had been touting that par- not parade, the speech rally for like the last ten, nah, sixteen, eighteen days. Um, so I was shocked. I did not think that Georgia was going to flip blue. I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, and I am thoroughly shocked still. Um, but you saw, it's really funny because Frank posted on his page that morning and it had already started on the morning of January 6th. And then everyone in the country knows what happened after that. People lost their damn mind. I was in my car driving. I literally was leaving West Texas, and you texted me. You were one of four people who texted me. Was like, "Are you seeing this?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Why don't they send me the link? I don't know what they're talking about." It was nuts. I woke up and seen. I'm like, "What the?" It was just nuts, you know. I, I seen the bill, like you said, you know. It was it was 16 days they were talking about, it, right? And there's a um, particular individual I follow on Facebook. His name is Harry Davis, but he's like, you know what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. He, no. Everybody know him though. No, no. He's not a okay. friend. Yeah. He, okay. um, he was on Fox before. He's like a big Trump follower, you know. And um, okay. and he's a black man. And I'm just, wa- I've been watching him throughout this, this phase, you know. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to Georgia. I mean, not Georgia. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to um, D.C. for the um, still the vote. Was that it or something? What's the slogan? It was still back. What was it? It was some slogan. Don't still the vote. No, not don't though. It's not don't. It's something. It's, I'm trying to get the correct acronym. What what it was, but um. Anyway, um, but I was following his um his um his journey, and you could tell it was it was starting to build up because he when he made the DC he started interviewing people and talking to people and um they were just. You could just feel the tension, you know, and the tension was just building up and building up. And I'm like, this just doesn't seem right. What what was the reason to go there? You know, I mean, besides starting trouble, but it's called a quote unquote peaceful protest. So if if blacks would have done that, what do you think would have happened? Well, yeah, we all probably would know what would think would have happened. But, you know, 
for some reason, people don't want to admit the truth behind that. So it was sad. It was a sad scene. I'm going to let Brian answer that first. Um, <laughs> so I got a text from a friend who was like, yo, like they, <laughs> they storming into the Capitol. So, you know, I'm like, who stormed into the Capitol? And I was like, these protesters. So, like, I, you know, I'm in school at the time when it's happening. And so I get on my, you know, my phone and I pull it up. And sure enough, I'm seeing, you know, my guy with the with the the antler hat on and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm just like, yo, what's going on? So I had to, like, you know, educate myself because I ain't going to lie. I was kind of out of the loop of, like, what was going on politically. Um, <clears throat> but then, like, when I saw what was going on, I was like, okay, you know, I'm curious what Facebook talked about. And it's crazy. Like, there's people I grew up with, people I've worked with, people I've, you know, I've known for years that was on board with it. That was like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, you know, we got to take our country back and this and that or whatever. It's very interesting to see how quickly, I mean, how quickly, but it, it was very interesting to see, like, how many people actually sided with these people. And it's very interesting because... If you hear them talk, they're passionate about it. Trump didn't start this. There were people that felt this way for years. They felt like they're losing America. They're losing America. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, they have, like, this ownership attitude to the to the country. Like, I put you in office. This is my stuff. I pay the taxes. This is my stuff. So they have the right because they're Americans, right? So, like, when there's – so they almost have this, have this entitlement. They go the wrong way. What's that? But uh, so so I so I just found, I just found it very interesting. I, I I stayed locked locked and glued to like you know three big you know news channels, and it's crazy like what the spins were. You know, like it used to be like you know you listen to like MSNBC, and that was like to the far left, you know, and then Fox was to the far right, and CNN was kind of somewhere in there in the middle. But like CNN was like like basically like an extension of MSNBC. So like I would just kind of like just bounce back and forth, kind of get perspectives of like what other people are saying. And it's crazy, man. Like you know, it's, it was almost as if it was like something that was boiling. So you know, boil it, it finally boiled over to this point. And I think that's when you know Trump when he made his point, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And you know, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. For me, being in the car, <laughs> driving six hours home, um, I went ahead and jumped onto my my app to record all news stations so that I could watch them when I got back. And specifically, I wanted to watch Fox because the one thing that I heard from my friends who are conservative leaning is, Carl, Fox sounds like CNN right now. And I was like, what do you mean they sound like CNN? They're Correct. Like, there's, no, there's no spin on this at all they're condemning all of these people and they're wondering why is it taking the national guard so long to get there and why haven't we asked for more police presence i was like really so i immediately um went ahead and started recording on on, from my phone to my tv i came home and watched four hours of fox and it's interesting that I think in the in the onset of everything, in the initial period of it all happening, everyone had the same idea that this is wrong, 
that this is not the way that we run our democracy. We are a republic, and this is not the the organization of our republic. Um, you know, you have the Republican congressman from Illinois, don't remember his name now, who says this is a coup. This is an attempt of a coup uh, that he tweeted, tweeted out. It's been interesting since Wednesday to kind of to kind of see how each media organization has now how they now view it. Um, Fox will still say it's wrong, but that people were upset and they're angry. And you know, if Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matters can say. Um, we've been pushed and we've been pushed and what do you expect? Um, I just always go back to the idea of remember what you said in June and July is that you can protest, but it needs to be peaceful. So if that goes for BLM, that also has to go for Patriots. The other thing that really confused me was other than Frank texting me, someone was like, hey, the Patriots stormed the Capitol. And in my head, I was like, why are the New England Patriots at the Capitol? Um, So (laughs) It was just like, I was, for me, not being able to see TV, I was completely lost. But even today, being Saturday night, early Sunday morning, I don't feel like we have any more clarity in this country. I feel like we are still debating on should they have or shouldn't they have, and five people lost their lives. And one was a person who was supposed to be defending, and I'm not saying that he wasn't defending, but the U.S. Capitol Police officer who lost his life. Um, at the hands of people who say they back the blue. Um, and so, and the idea that they wanted to also lynch Mike Pence and the fact you're watching some of these videos now of them at the rallies and they were saying everybody in the Capitol is a traitor. Everybody. So that goes for Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. It's, it's just a really weird um space to be in that's it's where do we go from here and and almost to the point of do we actually have president biden and vice president harris out at the podium together or does one need to be out and one needs to be protected and we swear them in in that manner it's just a really weird like how do we get to january 20th and then how do we transition into 2021 under a new under the new Biden era, and what does that look like? And I think for me, it's like, okay, this is interesting. How will all of this work? And I think we finally might get a third-party candidate. Sarah Palin, it was funny. Um, when that happened, what was I watching? Was I watching Fox? Yeah, I was watching Fox, and um, they interviewed her, and this, she said this was a good time for a third-party candidate. And she was referenced to herself at one time when she ran in the past. I was like, girl, stop. I mean, you, Not her. Yeah, you need to stop. <laughs> I mean, if you just mute yourself and just stare at and just look and just sit there, okay. But you just need to stop. You're, 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 you know, you wishwashy right now. But she was talking about that, though. And I think she might have a good point on that fact, though. So can we have a third party, a third person party? I mean, yes and no, I think. Um, because I always feel like. The third party always kind of like still kind of favor one side. Like I always felt like. Well, I think I, I think that, but that's that, but that's our country, right? Yeah. There, even all three of us here, none of us, I don't think, 
are one group. We're not Democrat and we're not Republican. We can see benefits on both sides. Of course, of course. Um, and so I think you you find that you you will align with someone more uh, out of the three. Just like when we do the the primaries, right? Mm-hmm. So when we do the primaries, we pick the candidate that we align with the most. That's how we get. That's how we choose. Um, I think that Trump Republicans do not see the Republican Party the same way that they have in the past. Exactly. But I also think that's true for um, the squad, and I think that's also true for Biden. You know, I, we we have fractures in both of those major parties. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Because you got the squad, you got Biden, you got Trump followers, and you got the Republican Party. So, who knows? Where is some? I, tr- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, I, I honestly don't think that a third party will, you know, deal with or handle or fix any of our issues. Um, because ultimately what we have here is, is that because constantly what you're hearing, like from the non, a lot, a lot of your, a lot of minorities you hear, well, if that was black people, or if that was Hispanic people doing that, right. And then like, you would hear, you know, white folks, like, you know, kind of like not, and I can't say it's definitely not all white folks. I don't want like to put that out there, but, but you do have a lot of conservatives, conservative whites who are like, really upset about this like they're really upset about like you know, like how you know um what's that what's that app the communication app that parlor parlor yeah so so like that getting taken off of itunes and, <laughs> and all that stuff you know then like you know trump getting you know suspended from twitter you know permanently you know so it's like Band. people are like oh, but so that that feed that that fueled the fire because they they already feel like the government and big and big businesses and stuff like that are trying to take over and and mute them right and and that's what they 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 feel this group of people feel like they're not being hurt and so I don't think a third party necessarily is going to fix that because there's not an understanding of like look like there has to be some 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 perspective. Because I don't think, I don't think a lot of those people understand how they're coming off. They're so passionate about what they want that they don't even like really care about how it affects anybody else. How they, they don't care, like you know, it's 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 just you know, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of stuff, man, that like has been swept under the rug for so many years. I don't think that being a you know having a third party candidate in in our you know electoral process is really going to fix anything. And I would say that a third party candidate would not necessarily include, like, I, I'm not saying that they would, that this population that we're currently talking about would be that they would have a candidate for themselves. I think that you have reds, you have blues, and you have a lot of purples. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is like libertarian people are still really confused about who they are and what they are. Because yeah. um, you ask someone the definition of libertarian and they ca- they can't really tell you what that group stands for, the Green Party. Um, I think that if there was a group that was, let's say, conservative socially, but liberal financially or opposite, you know, liberal socially, conservative financially, that that party, that, that candidate has a really good chance in our, in our electorate currently. 
um, because I think that people tend to be a little bit more liberal socially, but they want their money protected. Um, and they, they want their jobs protected. Um, like when we talk about President Trump's um, highs, his highs have been low unemployment rate. His highs have been that wages have grown some. His highs, those, those have been his highs. Economically, the country has done better. Like, you, is that all because of President Trump? No. But is that more of a conservative-leaning laws and bills? Yeah, let's be real. We, But are there people hungry and not eating and really suffering? Pre, even pre-COVID, yes. Um, so I think that that's where a third-party candidate can come in. Um, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, for this particular group that we're talking about, is that not what the Tea Party was? No. You don't know so like No, the Tea Party was definitely not. Are, are we talking about the group that we're talking about with, I don't know what to call them, because I think it's kind of a slur to call them, not a slur, but it's kind of like name calling if I call them Trump, Trump how, how do you say it, trump Trumplicans? What they've been calling, yeah, what they've been calling them. I don't think that that's what I think he took it eight steps past a Tea Partier. Yeah, um, when you look at what the Tea Party stood for versus what they stand for, total different um, foundation. But so, how? Because because the Tea the Tea Party's premise, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, was they they were extreme to the to the standard like republican views like that like it had it had your traditional republicans scared because they were coming in like you know we're even more conservative than what you are you know so, we, we want, and so and so like cuz I, I feel like the a lot of the rhetoric that i hear these people saying is the same thing i heard when the peak tea, this tea party was like relevant so the so the campaign that i helped run here in texas was the campaign that we lost to um i'm trying to call him by his correct name by by uh ted cruz and so and he was a tea partier definitely but his rhetoric and his policies were nowhere as conservative and they weren't up until the last four years were they conservative absolutely um did he call his opponents rhinos absolutely um republican and name only absolutely um but the tea party and where we are now this is what we were worried about with the tea party was that we would have someone come in no one would have known it was Donald Trump that would come in and totally change our party and that has happened it has happened unfortunately um i think that prior to so 2012 was a really good, I say a good year for Republicans, but that's me being African-American. Uh, there was more diversity. Whereas 2016, it was like, uh, who's going to vote for him, right? And in 2020, you know, he did, he fared better with African-American men and Latino men than he did in 2016. Some of y'all didn't care about his statements. Um, so... I mean, I, I do think that Tea Partiers were more conservative than rhinos, but I don't think that anyone could have seen the party going this far right. Just like I don't think that moderate Democrats could have seen 
there's there's been this push in the Democrats to keep the party from going so left because they understand if they go more left, they lose some of the swing voters. The swing vote is what counts in this country. That's who the third party candidate needs to attract is those swing voters. I got you. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. We could talk about politics all all day, you know. And um, but if we want to talk about cancel culture, this is the epitome of cancel culture, baby. Because uh-oh. these people are losing their jobs left and right. And yeah, I've seen that one dude, Arizona. He um on his Arizona website, the guy with so, the horns, the dude that was with the horns, he's known so in the, Arizona. The dude who's a retired Air Force lieutenant or whatever. Which one was he? The one who had the zip ties. Oh no shit. He is apparently right here in my apartment complex. No way. The news is yeah, the news has been out, all kinds of stuff. It's it's not good. <laughs> oh wow, the cancel calls it. They ain't playing so, around. And he's been fired from his Ross Perot investment job. He's been like oh, these people are losing their jobs. And they're, they're angry about that because it's like a freedom of speech. But on the freedom of speech tip, with the whole thing about Parler and Instagram and Twitter, I always have to tell people they are privately owned companies. While they may trade on the New York Stock Exchange, they may be a public, they may have an IPO, mm-hmm. they are owned privately. Just like you want the choice to, you want to have a choice of whether or not you bake a cake for a gay couple or a black person. And you can deny people service. It's the same thing that these platforms are doing. And if you are a congressional, uh, a member of the Congress or Senate, or you're the president, you have every way other than Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Parler to get your message out. Because you, all you have to do is put a press release out and every media organization will run it. And so... I've had some friends who were like, Carl, it's invasion. It's, it's, they're stopping the freedom of, of speech. And I'm like, no, no, these are private companies. And if they're saying there are terms and conditions when you sign up for it, if you violate them, you will be put off. I had a friend who called um, President Trump a domestic terrorist <laughs> on, her, on her thing. And I was like, you need to take that down, number one. Um, number two, they're going to shut your page down. And sure enough, they did. Oh, no shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like, it's on both sides. You can't, like, you can't go around calling people. So it's uh, it, it's, cra- it's crazy to me because I, I saw, um, <clears throat> I saw like a message somebody put up on Facebook today was talking about, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but like black people, Black people will know who killed other black people and won't say a word, but snitching left and right to to get these guys thrown in jail or something to that effect. <clears throat> and you know, and and it's and it's like one of those things like where, like you know, I've been talking about this whole cancel culture. Like people get gratification from that. <laughs> you know, it's it's sick. Like it, like people are happy to go and because like because if roles are flipped and let's say. You know, a Black Lives Matter protest over the summer, like was getting out of hand or whatever, and somebody was looting, and somebody was still, you know, still TVs or whatever. I think people would be pretty upset if a white person was starting snitching on a black person that was still on, still on TV out, out of the out of the store. 
You know what I'm saying? I I I just I don't understand like we're doing this to our to ourselves. And you know, and, and from you know, and from my from my perspective is like this is like clearly there's two different sides that feel two different things, but nobody's listening. Everybody everybody's completely wanting to just like vent and you know and, and want to be heard without listening to anybody else. And then like when when one does something, they want to point the finger at the other other group of people. Well, y'all did this. Well, y'all did this. Why, why can't we do like? And it's 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 crazy, you know. And I think that that's what's happened with our society is that we're so engulfed in self pleasure that it could care less of like nobody really cares about how it affects anybody else, you know. And so you know, like yeah, I've heard like people say like you know they're domestic terrorists and. You know, it was a, a it was an a, an, a, an attack to or it was a coup and this and that. And I was like, that's that's, in my opinion, pretty far fetched. But you know, like it's it's just I don't know. I just I just feel like all all this drama that that went on went on on that day. You know, I think a lot of people like enjoyed it. Like people like there's people who enjoyed that they actually did it, and there's people enjoying like getting these people caught. You know, and going around like you know, I know who that person is, and you know, what I'm saying it's just, I don't know, it's it's just sad to see. So I, so there are a couple, there are parts that I agree with you, and there are parts that I don't. Um, a coup is a sudden, violent, and illegal seizure of power from a government. What they did was attempt a coup. Say, hold on, um, say that again. How, how'd you define it? It's a sudden, violent, or illegal seizure of power from. A government, or it's a notable or successful stroke or move. What they attempted was a coup because what they did not were, especially, and I think for me, is like, because I struggled with is this a coup or is it not a coup? But when you start to hear people talk about even wanting to lynch the vice president, and I'm not saying that's for everybody who was out there, I'm not saying that everyone who was at that rally. Um, is culpable. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is people who took shields and broke windows and uh, stole things and wanted to disrupt the governmental process. That's what a coup is. And that's what they did. Does that make sense? But <clears throat> is it disrupting or is it overthrowing? <clears throat> it's it disrupting. Okay, because I, I I was always under the impression that the coup was to the attempt to overthrow a government. A coup was actually so, not an attempt. A coup was actually doing it or succeeding. Succeeding. Yeah. It. So okay. for me, was it an attempt? I feel like it was an attempt because they wanted to stop the democratic process. They wanted to stop the certification of the votes. They disrupted a political process. Because they didn't agree with with the process. Um, so for me, now, I think, so I have a good friend who is, um, who was a police chief and now does a whole bunch of policing case law stuff. And so I had to have him explain to me, like, I am more upset that of how it was handled of you see police officers just standing eight police officers standing by a door watching these people walk in 
you don't see them on their radios telling their other officers that these people are in the building. Um, that's evidenced by some of the things that happened. Um, I do think it was correct that the the chief of the U.S. Capitol Police resigned. Um, for me, the bigger issue is where were the police? We knew that this rally was going on for two and a half weeks prior. We knew that there were issues the night before between the protesters and the police, which would have you know garnered more police presence, and that didn't happen. Um, I now understand from that friend, he's like, Carl, the reason why they opened those barricades is when you lose control, you have to, you open barricades. He's like, that's what you do. He's like, does it seem right from the outside looking in? But the other thing that he also said that shocked me, he's like, the way that they treated the protesters generally, like they didn't, like they tear gassed them outside. He says, that's normal protocol. He says the way that they treated them when they were in the Capitol, it's normal protocol. The problem is, is that as African-Americans, we're not accustomed to seeing that. And he's like, now taking pictures with them, helping them down the stairs. He's like, no, but until you can get things in check, you don't start arresting people because the group is so large. And so I think knowing that helped me not be so frustrated because I felt like, why why are we just letting them sit there? Because I felt like they were in the Capitol forever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, for me, I do think that they do need to be held responsible. I'm not saying everybody who's at the rally, but I think if you broke into a federal building, which they did, you need to be held responsible. Just like I think the people who set the police station on fire in Minnesota need to be held responsible. As well. Um, and so I think that those things go across the board. I also think it's funny that people got into a federal building and didn't get more than one person didn't get shot. But whatever. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you guys this. Then. Um, we're living in this new age now, this new era, you know, and I sound so old saying this. But we talk about cancel culture. We talk about flex culture. You know what I'm saying? You got this. And then with the um with us um with the the acceleration of technology at our fingertips, you know, every year there's a new five G or four G coming out, new cell phones coming out, the social media platform, there's always something new coming out. It started with MySpace and then well before MySpace with AOL or well who cares but you know it was you know we have the platforms that's coming out and as we are growing as a nation freedom of speech have broadened seem like it it has broadened out now I hate this culture don't get me started I really do this because cancel culture to me seem like it's snitching I would have gotten in trouble in this era right now if I was back in my teenage years because I would be really pissed off at some people because this like this is like a snitch era right now and you have this flex culture that um everybody like to show off everybody wants status and i really think that's coming from instagram or the kids called the gram and it also comes from facebook but it's like hey look at me you know i remember growing up in elementary we used to have what show and tell that's what it was show and tell so you sit back teacher give you what maybe a minute 
eh, I got a new toy here. I bought it from the fair, blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. You know, you talk about your toy and stuff. Now we have adults on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And then they send other adults and then they send their friends and they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Then you see somebody you went to high school with and you see how they're living and and then you want to try to compete with that. And then you want to, you know, like beat your chest. Like, look at me. That's that flex culture. I hate the flex culture. I hate it with a passion because I see it every single day on my Facebook page. And um, I forgot where I was going with this. But what I'm saying is that I think there's uh, a downside to it. And I'm segueing away from we're just talking about politics to this new culture. And tell me if I'm wrong or right. Just, just you know, I just want y'all to um, intervene. Just tell me. But I feel like there's a downside to this because if you're watching too much on mobile devices and seeing this new culture, if you can't live up to them expectations or that sense of what you're seeing visually, doesn't it have some kind of um, mental strain and on you? Because I notice depression. Is big now with individuals, um, mental health, mental illness, um, mental stability. You know, I'm hearing more about that talk of like mental awareness. I'm not, you know, um, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel the same. I don't feel like I'm needed. Is it because of the culture we're living in that they're constantly seeing on TV? Because it used to be actors, millionaires had that, like the um, um, lifestyles Richard Famous with um, Robin, whoever his name was. They used to hold these shows on weekends. I used to watch. I'm like, oh man, that's cool. That's that's um, you know, them guys. That's her profession. You know, he'd go interview everybody, or they had MTV cribs. But now we have Facebook, where Joe Schmo, you might went to school with, or somebody that lived right down the street, you're friends with. They're posting everything they do on life. They posting everything on social media. You have teenage kids looking at that. You have adults looking at that. And I notice the big businesses have taken advantage of that by prescribing medication out for the people that are feeling not self-worthy. It become a mental illness. Is it? Do you think the two kind of coincide with each other or not? No, I think it's the destruction of family. No, 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 no. See, please. How is that? Okay, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm I, I think it's the destruction of family. I think <laughs> You yeah. asked the question. But family, you know, family okay, don't control okay. you being on social media. Hold on. It's not about social media, though, because I think that a, why do a lot of teenagers and a lot of young adults find their worth from social media a is lot. because there is not this strong foundation of a family anymore. Also, we're giving kids devices at nine or 10 years old. Okay. Um, so I'm, 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 okay. So you say family. Define family to me. Like, what do you mean family? I think that biological parents. I think parents, like, there there were reasons why, there are reasons, okay. So, family, family can be biological parents. It can be extended family. It can be a support system of friends and family. It can, it can be, family can be whatever your nuclear, your nucleus decides that it is, right? So, in my parents' household, the, the, my nucleus was my mom, my dad, and my siblings. And then my grandparents were a huge part, even though they didn't live in the home with us. That was my support system. That Those were the people who held me accountable. And with my mom going to school for years and years and years, 
my grandmother, my grandparents stepped in while my dad worked. So, okay, okay, so this new, so, okay, I hear what you're saying right there. So, and this is going back to my mental illness speak now. I'm going to the mental illness side. So, let's say you have a family. Brian, are you still there? Yep, sir. All right, tell me where I'm going with this then. So, I'm glad T said that. So, now you have uh, this family you just said, you mentioned, right? I'm going from the mental illness side right now. So, you have a child that's seeing all this on TV. And then they look over at their family, and their mom is married to a mom. And they're seeing this dad on TV, and they're, they're getting portrayed as. That's confusion right there. But so, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's all about what a parent, what a family allows their children to have. Like, I have friends who, I'm going to tell you, they have devices. They have their devices. Their kids have devices, right? We can't their shelter kids, our kids, though. That's the thing. We cannot shelter them. It's like, okay. it's, go ahead. But it seems like you're going with the shelter. That's what I'm saying. It's- I don't think it. I don't necessarily think it's sheltering, and, that, and this is what I will say. People will say that I was sheltered, right? People were like, "Your parents protected y'all from all kinds of things." I think it's a protection. I don't think that it's a sheltering. I don't. I don't think that children at 14 need to know everything about the world. Right. Right. And so I think what happens is that in our families today, we're like, "Buck up, be strong. You got this." And that kid is eight. Like, that kid shouldn't be strong. That's just like in our community, we had a lot of single mothers where teenage boys were made head of, head of households, were made the man of the household. And so they did not get to enjoy a childhood. They became men. And so when I talk about families, that's what I mean. Because if you are, if you know where self-worth comes from, mm-hmm. what people are posting on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, doesn't matter. But it does though with the teenage uh, kids. Yeah, I would yeah, I would have to I would have to disagree with that because I grew up with both of my parents. Um and as a teenager, uh middle school, yes. I think every, I think every kid is always fight trying to get in that in that position of where do I fit in? Yes. And you know, and, and like though it's may though it may not be to the to the degree of what it is now, but yeah, I did things to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I took up interest to try to fit in with certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, and I, I think unfortunately that's just a part of child development. Mm-hmm. But I think now what has happened is that, like you said, like with the technology being so prevalent, like literally a kid can wake up and be on his phone all day. And then go to sleep. And the last thing he did was want to be on his phone. Whether whether it's TikTok, whether it's you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like whatever the application is, he's being exposed or she's being exposed to what's out there in the world. Which then what what makes them perceive that's what the real world is. It's almost kind of similar to like at least my generation and music videos, mm-hmm. because because when because my kids, you know, I know as a kid, especially the teenager. Yo, MTV, MTV raps, and you know, and and the basement, and mm-hmm. watching these music videos. That's where I got my social cues of like what, it, what how I should I should dress like this, mm-hmm. I should talk like this, I should act like this. And and mind you, again, I I had both my parents. I had my parents who were, who were both involved with me. But I think it's just one of those things. I mean, and like Frank said, you can't keep your child from that. You know, um, I, I'm not sure, you know, how, how that would work, but unless, like, your child is just a complete, especially now, like, exactly. kids can show each other stuff, kids can show each other stuff on their phone, like, hey, hey, look, look at this here, look at this here, you know, and, and, you know, 
another kid can show, you know, one of my kids a porn video or something like that on their phone. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they did that. They did this at school. Oh, you know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no I mean, no, I'm, I'm, it didn't happen. But I'm just saying, like, that's what could happen. Oh, right, gotcha. And so, and so I'm just saying, like, we, we can't prevent our kids from, you know, being exposed to that stuff. And so, like, my tactic has always been was, like, just being honest with my kids as, as far as, like, you know, look, they might be 10, they might be, you know, 12, or whatever, but I would rather have that conversation with them before somebody else has that conversation with them. Because, because one thing that somebody told me a long time ago is that what kids don't know, kids will make up. And what they make up becomes their reality. And so, you know, so if they see something and they don't talk to me about it because I didn't know it even happened, then they're going to conjure up their own thoughts of like, oh, well, if I if, if I want to be liked by boys, I, I need to be this size or I need, I need to have this type of type of outfit. Or, 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 you know, if, if I want to be liked by girls, I need to make sure I'm doing this. I need to make sure I'm doing that. And so, I mean, I think that that has always been going on in our culture. I just think that just with technology, it's just, you know, hyper, you know, hyper, you know, uh, generated it to, to a point to where it's just like out of control. It's the same. It's the same conversation we had in the, in the, the WAP episode, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, keeping, you know, keeping kids you know, trying to keep kids away from being exposed to that stuff nowadays is near impossible. You know, so yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't. I think it's, I think it's more than just you know, mom and dad, you know, being in the house. Yeah, it does help for sure. But it does help, not, but it doesn't prevent you from it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm not talking about just being in the house. I think for me, it is when I talk about degradation of family. I talk about parents not talking. Like my parents at 13. Because I was developing, set me down, banana cucumber condoms, and videos and pamphlets of STDs and everything else. It is, you know, we don't have sex outside of marriage, but if you choose to do these things, this is what you need to do so you don't get HIV. Like, very bluntly. And I and I think that when you have families that don't have that time because they're working two jobs or single mom. I think it is harder. And I think that kids do get their worth from social media. But I also think that I want to go to the mental illness piece that you were talking about is that I think that mental illness has always been an issue in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we are, we are better equipped at diagnosing it. Yes. Yes. Um, I also think that, and people will agree, disagree with me on this, but I think that the proliferation of pornography mm-hmm. has led to a lot of it. Um, I think that we know that pornography stunts emotions. It stunts um, lots of different serotonin serotonin functions in our in our brains. You're making a face. Um, no, no, I'm sitting. No, because I'm sitting here. Everybody say something to you. That's what I'm just saying. My wheels are turning. Um, and and so for me, it's like when, because uh, Brian just mentioned it, like our children are being introduced to pornography earlier and earlier. Because of and so it is, how do you combat that? How do you combat a 14-year-old who has seen hardcore pornography and they can pull it up on their phone? And now that excitement is wired into their brain. Um 
how do we deal with these things? And so I don't think that that's why I don't necessarily believe that it's all social media's fault. I think as parents, I'm I'm not technically one, um, but as parents, you have to stop and say, am I discussing these things with my child? Does my child adequately know where they can find their worth and their self-esteem from? And it does not come from a new pair of Jordans or a new Apple watch or, you know, all these different things or having a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a wife or a husband, you know, it doesn't come from those things. Well, you know, and this going back in reference to me talking about the quote unquote cancel culture and the flex culture. It's a fact that if you look at and speaking about mental health and um, technology and families and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at, um, Let's go back to the 90s and the 80s. I'm going to start sounding ancient right now. Well, let's go back to them. If you look at parents, household, the household of the parents, you can tell the difference between a child and a mom and a dad. You can tell the difference. Coming up to now 2020, you can't tell a damn difference between a damn 14-year-old kid and a damn 30, help me out, 37, 38-year-old mother. You can't tell the difference. Mind, through the, throughout the mentality, you know, through the mind from because... If you look on Instagram, you see parents, black and white and Hispanic. It doesn't matter. Nobody discriminated from this. You don't. You you really can. You can see on Instagram, flex culture, parents Instagramming just like their kids. I see it. I see it. You know, back in the early two thousand, I used to shake my head, and be like, and laugh, like, man, mom's at the club with her daughter. Now you see them. Damn well, Instagramming, booty shorts and everything. Like, whoa, you know, are y'all sisters? No, that's your damn daughter. You know what I'm saying? It's like we have gotten too far ahead of ourselves as technology have accelerated throughout the years. We have gotten careless. We have gotten our identity. We have gotten- But again, I don't think that's blamed on technology. So I think that why I think that's it, or why is it? Not blame on it because um, without technology, without we wouldn't have the flex culture. And I'm not saying technology is uh, a bad I thing. I think that people flex. Hold on one second. I think that people flex without technology. I think that people got brand new cars. And like, the Keeping Up with the Joneses has been a, 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 a slogan yes. or a statement for so long because. Within the community. That's how you keep up with the Joneses within the community. But that's all communities. Does that make sense? Yes. The flex culture has been here. It just hasn't been digital. It's broadened because if you see what um, my cousin in Detroit is doing, I'm just using a reference. Oh, man, he's living right. like that. I see how he's doing it. Oh, hell no. I got to live like this. So when family reunion time come, look at me. And I guess that's where I'm different. And I think that's where I, I'm and maybe I'm screwed different because I don't we I didn't we didn't grow up that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not that way. Like, OK, you got what you got. Like, I have I got to be very careful. Huh? So I just, I have family members who get brand new cars mm. all the time, and but their mortgage is four hundred dollars a month. They live in a nice house. Let me not say that they live in a very nice house, right. but because of where they live, their mortgage is four hundred dollars a month. And so they're just like, "Why don't you buy a new car here? You don't have money." And I'm like, "I I don't have anything to prove to anybody." But by the way, uh, try paying thirteen hundred dollars for one bedroom. You know, like. Right. You can't fit that into your like. It's not a shot at them, so I don't. I don't want it to be that way. But it's like I just never subscribed to what someone else was doing or how someone else was living because 
every area has a different cost of living. Every people spend money differently. Like people call me cheap, but y'all know that I I'm cheap, but I invest. So we all we just spend our money differently, and there's nothing wrong with the way you choose to spend your money. Right. But that but I don't think it's any broader because I, I think that it gets more attention because there's Instagram and Facebook. But I think it's something that has been a part of our culture, American culture, for years. It's the American dream. Like everybody wants a piece of the pie. Yeah, and, and it's and it's also too like you know, there's always something that we feel is missing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like we always we always have to feel like there's something missing. And so there's that void and we tend to like want to fill that void with something. So like, you know, if 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 I want to be married and I see a friend on social media that's married and they're putting up pictures of their, you know, their family vacation at Disney and stuff like that, that I'm a fool a certain way about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if I, you know, if I if I had if I'm fighting alcoholism and you know, and I see, you know, pictures on Facebook of my friends like at a bar, you know, taking pictures, you know, and having fun, I'm gonna feel a certain way about mm-hmm. it. You know, so I think ultimately what it comes down to is that there's a void in every last one of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there, there's a hole in every last one of us that that, you know, which which, again, that that spreads out to our, our initial our initial conversation about, you know, the Capitol, you know, the Capitol Hill and, and things of that nature and how people are responding is that it's a void. It's a void. We, we will never, ever feel fulfilled by doing things on our own. So what we do is we try to find exterior things to kind of fill that void. So all that's happened is, like Carl says, that, that it's just now digital. It's now easier to see it. Like you said, Frank, he's like, you know, that cousin in Detroit, and the next time y'all see each other in, uh, for Christmas, he's going to make sure you have that nice outfit to show him out. Right. Well, now it's like uh, you can literally, like, show him out on Facebook daily. Right. You know, take a picture, you know, do a little selfie, like, you know, look at me now, you know what I'm saying? And so it just happens a lot more frequently, but it's always been here. And so, you know, and so like, that's kind of the, you know, for me as a, as a parent, like that's the kind of tricky thing now, like thank goodness my kids are not, you know, brand chasers. Right. Like they have not came to me like daddy. I want, I want some, some, some Jordans or daddy. I want, I want like specific brands and stuff like they haven't, they haven't came at me like that. But I know tons of kids who are like that, and it's like it's a status thing. And I, I remember even having a conversation with uh, with one of the one of the deans of my school a few years ago, where it's like culturally, okay, culturally, people who come from poverty, that's what they do. Exactly. You know yes. People who come from poverty, you know, peacock. Like I'm, I look like that. That's why. <laughs> Somebody put up a meme. It was, it was hilarious. Like as soon as those, uh, um, you know, as soon as everybody started getting a little six hundred dollars, oh. like Walmart started putting six. I got you. That's what it's- <laughs> you know what I'm saying because because they they plan they plan on that because they know people in poverty they don't they don't invest their money they don't save their money they're they're going to go and blow that money on something to make them feel good. Oh yeah, like, you you write like tax season time. I know I told Amelia all the time. Let me open up a rent a center, a used car shop, and a pizza place, <laughs> and I guarantee you, I will be a millionaire in three no, months. No, the wing stop. You gotta get a wing stop, not a pizza place. <laughs> see now you see. All right, but I hear what you're saying, though, Brian. Yeah, you're right. 
you know, so like that that's ultimately like me speaking at like from from a Christian perspective, is like that's like the whole part of me of like why I'm a Christian. Because I know like if I'm continuously trying to find peace or find wholeness like through other things, I'm gonna constantly like be disappointed. I'm gonna constantly feel like I have to go and be something else or act someone else or, or or possess something else in order for me to feel at peace. And, you know, and it, like it took me years to like let that go. Cause I mean, heck, I, I remember even in high school, man, like I remember in high school coming, I mean, cause I'm, I'm, I'm generally quiet. I'm naturally quiet. So like, I'm not like a social butterfly. You know what I'm saying? I ain't sitting there like, you know, talking to everybody on stuff. But like, there was times like where I just felt like, dang, like if it wasn't for sports, I probably would have no friends. You know what I'm saying? Like I probably would, I probably would have no type of social life if it weren't for sports. You know, and and I, and I felt some type of way about that. And, I, and you know, and I and we didn't have money. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't, you know, I didn't have like the nicest of clothes and, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So and then like you know, I was a chubby kid all through school too. So like, yeah, I definitely felt a certain way. You know, I definitely felt like you know, I you know, if only if only this would happen, I would feel better about myself. If only this would happen, I definitely would have. You know, people are like me, or you know, what I'm saying. So yeah, I think everybody struggles through that. Um, just technology is just. I think you gave me an idea on a show. I think you gave me a future idea on a show. So I'm, I'm self note that because that was a good topic right there. And I think it's about being comfortable in your own skin, also. And I think that's where I learned at an early age how to be comfortable with my skin. It's the fact that, like you said, if you didn't play sports and you were quiet, you wouldn't have no friends at all. And I, I kind of feel the same way in a, in a certain way. But if I didn't play sports, I wouldn't. I mean, I probably still have friends because, you know, I got I, I talk to people. It didn't matter. But I, I think there's a certain level of people of friends I had. I would have had if it wasn't for sports. Get what I'm saying? So I, um, I you gave me an idea for a future show. Just got to make a self note of that. But to go back to what you were saying, though, you said something about filling a, um, a hole. A loneliness, just a hole in um, in your life. I agree with that. I really do. But I want to add more to that, though. We all have a hole. In our, we all have this like this spot we feel we need to um, feel. Is that a is a need? Is it a need or a, I think it's a want? Right? It's just that just that American dream, as Takara said. But also, it's peers. I really truly believe your peers play a role in that also. It's, you can sit here and say, yeah, it's all about this holiness, you know, that I'm missing. No, your peers also. Because you have friends and you see your friends with something. And I, I just went through it, just a matter of fact, 30 days ago. My daughter in Texas, six years old at the time. She won a damn P, um, uh, um, um, Nintendo Switch. Nintendo. I don't know nothing about Nintendo Switch. You know, I'm, I'm a PlayStation guy. I don't know nothing about Nintendo. So I right, like, yeah, cool, no problem. Hundred ninety nine dollars. Get it? No problem. And she hit me back with, "That's not the one I want. That's a cheap one." <laughs> I'm like, "What do you mean? That's <laughs> what do you mean? Um, what are you talking about? This damn thing is Nintendo's one hundred ninety nine dollars. What are you talking about? This is a cheap one." Well, my friend, my friend. Has this, this, and this one? Oh, you know me. F your friend. That's just who I am. That's why I'm sorry. What do you mean? They were? Okay, I get back on it. Got on Google, Amazon. Four ninety nine. Are you serious? 
Yeah, that's the one she wanted. $4.99. Okay, we're talking about brand, right? We're talking about keeping up with the quote-unquote Joneses. So I'm like, hey, man, you better ask grandma or grandpa for that. The damn that, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. But that's another conversation. But she got it. She got She got her stuff. She got her stuff. But we're talking about this at an early age at six years old. You know, we have adults. But you expect that. No, 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 no. Don't tell you, me you expect you, that. You expect for children. Children are sponges. So you expect for where I would have an issue with it is with someone who is 12, 13, 14, 15. You know, you still I have would, that. The, I mean, I think it's important to start teaching it early, but I think that she's a sponge. So she's seen so and so has this. I want this. A peer. Um, huh? A peer. Her friend, a peer. You know what I'm saying? Not, no, not, not I, a, yeah. Not a self fulfillment. No, I, no I, I'm getting you, but there's not a cognitive thing behind that for her. Whereas it is when you're 12 to like 17 or even an adult. Like, we want new cars because we saw the newest thing come out. Even if someone doesn't have it, we want it. It's conspicuous consumption. It's just how the country works. Like, do I need another blouse or another pair of shoes? Absolutely not. But it's what I want. And so... You know, she's six. Yeah, that that's kind of a typical thing. You know, and and, and then and then too, she she doesn't get she does not. I'm quite sure she doesn't understand the value of money. Right. No, no, of course not. Like, no, like, no, no. Like, like you say, you know, one ninety nine or yeah. two thousand dollars. Like that don't mean anything to her. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, it, it's it's one of those things too. Like where you know, I've had conversations with my kids. Like where I'll tell them, like, look, that costs this. You know, and, you know, and then I, I explaining money like, you know, to where, you know, they can have a little bit more schema to be like, oh, that's expensive. Oh, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, you know, so, like, you know, but she's sick. So, you know, she probably doesn't have that understanding. She, all she sees is that oh, yeah. you know, her friend, her friend got this. Of course. Got this that got you know this this and this on it but the, the one you were talking about don't have it exactly so like no that one. <laughs> so you know i mean it's, it's the same thing i'd never i'd never forget so you know those you know i don't think anybody know we ain't, i don't think we talked about it on here but like i got some unnatural big feet you know i, I got a size 18 shoe i've been wearing 18 since i was <laughs> not in you know and i remember <laughs> i remember uh there were some cleats in high school that I wanted. There were some Nike cleats that I wanted. I think I think the time might have been like a sophomore, maybe a sophomore year. I can't remember. Nike sharks. But 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 no, they, they, were, they were Nikes, but they weren't sharks though. But like I, I liked them though. They, they were like black, had some red in it. I was like, yeah, I like these. And I went I went to I went to Coach's Corner, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go up in there, you know. And it was like, what what size you need? And I was like, yeah, I need like a 17. He's like, brother, we don't have that. You know, and so like, you know, and I was just like, you know, but I, I need, I need because everybody else was like getting some nice cleats and stuff like that, and all they had was was like these like basics. Uh, actually, they, they gave me some hand me downs from somebody from from Indiana State, you know, because they couldn't, nobody could find any cleats that that fit me, you know? and I felt a certain way, and I compared myself to everybody else. I was like, you know, because because Frank he stayed fly with his cleats, and everybody else had nice cleats, but I couldn't get them. You know, and I, and I was like, you know, I, I was comparing myself to everybody. It wasn't that I needed it, but I was like, but everybody else got it. You know, everybody else got some nice cleats. Why can't I get some nice cleats? 
you know, and my situation wasn't necessarily fine, a financial situation, but it was more of a, you know, just the fact that I just got clown feet. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's just a natural thing and what, whether it's peer pressure, you know, from friends or if it's like from social media or it's a, a, uh, a, a, a mental health thing. All in all, man, we all jacked up. Yes. Every last one of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting. I mean, I was sitting to talk to y'all. I'm up here looking at shit on Amazon. Like, man, I need to get this, man. There's something I want. But man. you don't conspicuous consumption. Well, I'm getting me what the hell I want. I work for my shit. Damn that, man. And I- <laughs> <laughs> but no, and it's sad though. No, it's sad because um, we live in a world that money and technology. I know y'all don't agree with me, probably, but I feel like money and technology drives it. You know, it, it drives the um, the consumer. It drives the business, you know. And on top of that, especially, I just think it's hard being a teenager nowadays. Hell, not even a teenager for adults. Um, tell me this. You know, I've been out of dating game for five years, six years. I've been married for five years. The, the Impression. Okay. Impression. Let me say. I'm trying to go impression. T. I can't hear you. But impression, though. Do you keep? How can I word this? You gotta come together. You gotta have your shit together before you trying to get that certain individual. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. No. 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 I'm not pull. If I pull up in the old raggedy ass Cadillac with the missing hug cap on the first date. Look at Brian. Brian's about to jump in here. I just want to know. Okay. Go ahead, B. You say, you say, you say, no, you say you're pulling into with the raggedy Cadillac. Let's say, let's say if I pull up in the, in the raggedy Cadillac with a missing hug cap, some bitches died every 30 seconds. I'm pulling up to the restaurant meeting her. What's her first assumption going to be? Well, hopefully she's already at the door. So she don't know that your car, what your car looks like. We're stopping everything. All right. Well, we after we get done with dinner, hey, honey, um, I have no air conditioning. I did this to Amelia just to see how she act. I ain't got no air conditioning in my car. My windows don't roll down. <laughs> just, I was joking, right? I was just joking. Just see her reaction was, and she, you know, we can drink water. We can drink cold water. I'm like, you know what. All right, good deal. Now my air conditioner, we're going to hop in, but it might not run on high, it run on low, though. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though. You got to see. Because where I'm going with this story is nice things. Image is everything. As Andre, as Andre Agassi used to say back in the 90s and 80s. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. What? That was a commercial? Are you serious? That was... Okay, I'm, but just because it was a commercial doesn't mean... Let me go with it, it though. Let me go with it, though. That was the way of life. Image is everything. If image is not everything, they say don't judge a book by its cover, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That is bullshit. We all do that. We are judgmental people, period, by nature. Say we're not. I'm bullshit. Like I said, you pull up. You go on a date. Hey, babe, I'm going to drop you off at home. My windows don't work. Air conditioning out. Mr. Hug Cat. Man, I'm You didn't of... pick me up. Why are you dropping me off? Well, you might have Ubered there. You know how today is. 2020. And I'm going to Uber back home. Okay. Well, have you seen what kind of car I'm riding? What do you think? I would think, honestly... 
Um, I would think, well, hopefully he doesn't have a payment on it. So that means that he's not in. <laughs> no, truthfully. You're laughing, but truthfully, my whole thing is, so when I go out with people and they're driving these Audis or the Mercedes or whatever they're driving, that's a high dollar car. For me, it's like $700 a month goes to that. Okay. $600 a month goes to that. Okay. In my mind, I start to clock how much debt do you have? Well, okay. Well, maybe he has a damn good job, so his his, de- still, his debt to is income that. is pretty good. You can have a good job, and you can also overextend yourself. True. On a good true. job, that is true. So, if you're living, let's say you're here in Dallas area, and you're living in Las Colinas, or you're living in one Victory Park area, and you're in a condo, you're sitting at eighteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. You got a seven hundred dollar car payment. Um, and all the accoutrements that come with you, if because I'm dating to marry, right? That's the whole purpose as you get older. Yes. Um, you're in debt and you don't know how to manage your money. For me, that's that's a bigger flag for me than someone who's driving a car that may not have air conditioning or may have some problems because you don't have any debt. And I also know that you know how to live within your means, or you also know how to sacrifice. Well, so for those, for me, those two things are big. Well, there ain't too many females out there like that. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. You know, I, don't, I, I think that you're wrong about that. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brian obviously doesn't think wow. so. Wow. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Speaking, speaking from a speaking from a single man's perspective. Uh, yeah, like this is this is what I'll say. I think that like as people get older, they start losing some of those expectations that they put up for for whoever they're looking for. Yeah. So like, let's say like a girl that's twenty five and seeing a dude with a busted up car with a missing hubcap, she ain't trying. She ain't trying to mess with you. All right. Uh, but you a woman with a twenty five year old anyway. So what? She said, who's going to marry a 25-year-old? No, anyway? I said, you shouldn't be messing with a 25-year-old anyway. I ain't messing with a I've been 25. I got you. I understand what you're saying. So, 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 but then, like, a 45-year-old woman might be like, look, I know he's missing a hubcap, but we can, we can, we can work that out together. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you start getting, like, these women who want to fix the men. Yeah, you know, I, I think they, they, the, the older they get, the older they get, and they, they feel like, you know what, I know he ain't got this. I know he ain't got that. But we can figure, we can work it out. We can figure it out. T just shook her head so, three hundred times with the, you saying that, dude. Uh, to call, she don't, she don't agree with anything I say. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I actually we've agreed a couple times in this podcast. By the way, okay, okay, keep going, so, Brian. I want to hear. So T- like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> so like you know, so like my my thing is is that like you know I'm, I, especially at the age that I am, you know. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not. Now, you know, my mom, like, always raised us. It's like, you know, when you walk out the house, you make yourself presentable. You know what I'm saying? You don't come out, you don't come out looking trashy. You know what I'm saying? But what, but what I'm saying is, is that I'm not going to sit here and feel like, yo, I got to go get these $200 cufflinks for this, for this shirt I'm about to put on. Or I need, I need to get these, these wingtips. Or I need to get, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just like, look, if she can't ride with this, then it ain't, it ain't meant to be. 
you know, it's the same thing. Like, like when you know somebody had asked me a question like years ago, like you know, is dating hard for me with me being a father of four? And I'm like, no, it's great because the the idea if I talk to somebody and she can't handle the fact that I have four kids, then she ain't the one for me to begin with. Because she clearly, if you're with me, you have to like you have to love kids. So so therefore, it's kind of like it's a filter. It's just a filter like that that filters, you know, you know, those types of women that you don't want to deal with. So like they out there for sure. You know, I, and I know the Carl may not know that because she isn't dating women. But like, oh, yeah, they definitely out there that they have these high standards of like he got to have this. They're out there. Yes. He got he, he got to have this. He got to have that, and, and so on, and so on. You know, but I, but what I have seen is that, like, as older as women get older, they tend to, they they tend to lighten up on those expectations and be like, look, if the brother breathing and he ain't got no warrants, we can make it work. That might be an indie thing. Um, but, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying because I I agree with you. Don't have to be. You know, back in the day for me, you had to be 6'5", 270, broad. Like, you don't have to do... It doesn't have to be all of that at this point in my life. But what it... You have to have your own plan. Like, you said something about, oh, a woman's like, I can work with that. We can work on it together. Uh Uh-uh. I ain't got no kids, biologically, and I'm not about to make you my child. So, I need for you to have a game plan on what the next steps are you going to you're going to make in your life prior to us being able to build together like i need you to have a game plan i can't and i think that's where we go wrong sometimes in relationships where women become the man is because they get with men who don't have it together and they become the controller of the relationship and why and why and why and why do they get why do they get with that man to begin with i can't answer that for them because I, I think you disagreed, then eventually agreed with what I just said. No, like, I, I can't. I, no, I, I can't. I can't answer that question because that's not what role I play. I can't tell you why those women get with me. I mean, I mean, clearly, you know, that's not that's not how you roll. But there are several women who get into relationships that they know is not a good situation, but they make concessions. You know, like you said, like this man and guy together. They, they, this uh-huh. man ain't got it together, but I'm gonna I'm be with him anyways, just so that you know, because I mean, because I mean, let's be honest, like that's just, just so they can have someone, absolutely. Ha- I think that, someone. go ahead, I, and I think that's a, I think that's a big thing. I think there are a lot of people who are pick me's who are like, I'll do whatever so I can have a man, and I will, I'll deal with whatever comes, comes, come what may, but at least I have a semi support system of some sort whether or not it brings drama or not. You know, and I, I can't answer that question of why they do it, but they do do it. And I don't think it's, a, I, don't, I think as you get older, it actually becomes less. Like, I think women are just like, no, you ain't got your stuff together. I'll be by myself. Uh, I, I think it's actually worse <laughs> as, as they get older. Like I said, like, cause, cause you don't want to be lonely. Mm. Nobody wants to be lonely. You just start like, you know what? Fine. You know, like I, I know, I know people who got with men. You know, got with men like that they don't know what they should be with, and you know, like, and had a child with them, and then it's like, that's all they wanted. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's just like, and it's just like one of those things, like where going back to what we were talking about earlier, like that void. Like we we are willing to put ourselves in bad and mess up predicaments just to get something that we want. That's how bad those voids are, you know. And so you know, so like yeah, I mean, I, I mean, of course, like you know, the ideal thing is to be like be patient and wait for a good one to come around. But let's be completely honest, like you know, if you're looking if you're looking for a for strong successful black men. There's not as much as, say, you know, strong, successful white men, you know, because just by just by numbers alone, why you fix your face? Why you get your face all scorched up? I'm just saying by numbers alone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're only why aren't you showing your face? Mind your business. No, I'm, I'm just saying yeah, this old sour face you keep getting into my say storm. But, you know, so like just like the, the idea of like, you know, because generally black women typically find themselves more attracted to black men. So therefore, generally, girl, tag. Oh. So, <laughs> so, so like, so like, they, so, so like, if that's what they're looking for, they'll be out here looking for a while because it's just not as many. Now, maybe in a, in a more of a diverse area, say as Dallas or Houston or whatever, like, yeah, you probably would find a lot more. But like, that, every, every, metropolitan area around our country is not like Dallas or Houston or Chicago right. or New York or whatever. So therefore, like you're going to have a lot of women just like they just stay single or they find themselves in bad predicaments because they're just they're lonely. Man, we're going to have to do an so, episode on dating. We're going to have to do an episode on dating. This has been Frank Now show. Um, we are an hour and 17, 18 minutes into the show and I keep it rolling. You know, um, hope you guys are still listening and um, if you are, thank you. Hope you break it up in two or three different shows. That's even the even better, but I think we're talking about dating right now. And, and Brian, that's what I'm going to touch on right there. Um, dating in 2021. One. You know, yeah, <laughs> so you, hear, you see me put that one in right. 2021. Uh, it's different times, and I'm glad. Yeah, go ahead. but every year is a different time. I hate that we do that. Like it's different times. It should be different times because the, the we time age. We ate. Okay, let me. Okay, I'm. Let me hold on, hold on. Before you, before you jump, let me talk with you. Before you try to say that, let me go back and rephrase that then, because of course it's different times because each year we age, and of course, dating ain't gonna be the same as being 25 as we used earlier. 25, but dating won't be the same as 25 than it is right now. You're right. You're right. But, but, the game still remained the same. Does it though? Yes, it really do. Yes. I think that I do think that the game, Brian. Do you think the game has remained the same? No, it's changed. It's definitely changed. because yeah. to worse. Because like like I, from when I met my ex wife mm-hmm. to like now, completely different. Like you now, you now have like dating apps. Like you, and it's funny because I talked to somebody about this, and it made a lot of sense. But like you got all these different dating sites out there, right? So you can like find somebody and really, really like them, right? And then like get distracted because you find somebody else like ten minutes later, or they ghost you because they find somebody else, right? You know what I'm saying? So like nobody is truly staying committed to anybody because of the access that you get from from you know these dating sites, you know? So like it's one of those things like where you know. Heck, like, do you can, can people truly be committed to each other when you have access to literally 
millions of women or men across the world using these dating apps. And what I mean, what I mean, the game, you're right. But what I mean, the game is the same as meaning that you still got to do impression. You still got to wine and dine. You still got to do some impression. But I think that's that's not just dating, though. I think that's even in friendships. I think I I think that's a a relational um, ideology or idea. Like you do the same thing with your friends. Like I, I talk about this with men a lot because they're like, man. I had to pay for such and such. You just went out with your boys and y'all went to the strip club and you bought two bottles. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you bought you two. What'd you say? So, what type of dudes you hanging with? Yeah, no shit. That's what I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's why I'm like, look it up. Like, it, what the hell? It was an example. <laughs> But do I have guy friends that go to a strip club? Absolutely. And will they pay for bottles for people? Absolutely. Or they'll go to the club and get bottles. Yeah. Um. But it's it's the same thing. Like you do it for your friends. You do it for someone you're courting. And I think it's it's vice versa for women too. Like it's the same for women, not vice versa. Yeah, that's what I meant. But it's the same for women. Like, we go out and we buy candles and planners and all kinds of stuff for our friends, right? Um, Because they're our friends. And we want to build this friendship. It's the same thing as cooking for a man, doing a man's laundry, cleaning a man's house. Like, those things. Whoa, cleaning what? Cleaning what? Cleaning a a man's house. So, so hold on. on. You clean a man's house on a, huh? On a first date? Not on a first, not on a first date. Maybe a second, but not a first. Shit, T, I'm going to call you to, I ain't going to call you T, I'm going to call you Hoover. Let's <laughs> not call me Hoover, please. No. The vacuum cleaner, damn. Who's carpeting their homes these days? Um, oh, man. But, damn. I mean, I, I think it's it's a relational thing. Like, it, it is still a recidivism thing. Like, you give and you take. Um... But I don't think, I think the game has changed. I think it is very different. I do agree with Brian about the whole online dating thing, um, which is why I I haven't been on online dating probably. Which come from technology because the technology is accelerated. So I'm glad you're, that's where I'm painting this whole picture at. Thank you. Okay. If you want to try to combine everything together, Frank, if that works in your head, it It, works great. What what the hell? I mean, what can I, I'm not lying about it though. Like you say, everything's easy at the fingertips. Go to POF. I'll go to Tinder. Please you know don't saying? go on POF. Stay well, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everything. Like Brian, Brian, stay off of POF. But like Brian said, though, everything's at the fingertips. Everything's easy, accessible nowadays. Don't get me wrong. And we're all well, guilty of I, it. I do think that people just don't. I think as we get older, right? As we've gotten older, we have we have baggage, right? We have heartaches. Before. We have divorces yeah. we have children i'm not saying that these are bad no, things because i just, call them baggage right we have weight gains we have health issues we have we have a plethora of things <laughs> that are now involved in the dating game okay and so i think that it does make it harder to connect but i also do think that because by this point y'all are in your 40s right mm-hmm. yeah by this point you've experienced so many different women and I don't mean necessarily sexually but you've gotten to know so many different women 
that when you see certain flags or certain things about a woman, you're like, uh, do I want to deal with that or don't I? And well, let me go and check this person out. I think that even before online dating, we were doing that. Like people were playing the field before online dating. Mm-hmm. You're meeting people at the grocery store, at the convenience store, at the club, at the bookstore. But, but, you know? but that's the thing. That's the thing, though, is that like a social introvert such as myself, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. I, I, I would. I would never like have like the courage just to walk up to a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like at a grocery store, knowing that I got someone at home. And you know, so I would never do that. You know, right. and so like, but like the temptation, like, so if, if you are on if you're on, you know, Tinder or whatever these other other sites mm-hmm. are, and you know, and you like really like somebody, y'all been talking for a straight month or whatever, and then you get like a little notification that someone likes you, what are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna you gonna look see who it is. So my uh, question is, why are you still on the website talking to them after a month? Because I, I haven't, because we, we may not have committed yet. We may, we may, we, we may just be in that state. Because look, this is my thing. Me personally, I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush to like, like, look, my, my, my perspective on dating is this right here. I'm date, like you said, I'm dating to get married. So if I, if I'm not convinced that you're someone I could marry, I'm not dating you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I need I need to get to know you more, which is going to take time. You know what I'm saying? No, I, but, I agree that, with that. What I'm saying is, why haven't you moved to the telephone? I don't think that's moving too fast. Why are you still? Because here's here, here's my issue. Conversation. No, so here's my issue. Like, okay, because you were saying we're messaging. I get the like. Why are you going back? If you have someone that you're consistently talking to for a month, right, on a regular basis. Why are you going back to the online platform? Because that person may not be the person that oh, ultimately right. ends up that way. Huh? Y'all can't hear me? It's weird. Is it weird on you? Yeah, you sound, you sound really far out like you're in a tunnel. Yeah, we can. I mean, we can make. We can, we can make. Yeah, we can hear you, but it sounds very far. Okay. Is that any better? No. no. Just go ahead and continue on. Um. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I just do a month out there, but like, let's say it's let's say let's say it's a week. You know what I'm saying? I've been talking to this person daily for a week, and like, and I get this notification. Like, my thing is, is that like, if I feel like dating sites are able to efficiently meet multiple people at one time. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like a one time, you know, you know, like how you know it may have been, you know, 10, 15 years ago to where you like somebody, you take them out, you know, you, you exchange numbers and you keep in contact. Now it's like literally like you can like meet somebody, you can meet five people in one day that you like. You know what I'm saying? And so like that's what I'm saying is that like that's especially especially for someone who you know especially for someone who doesn't that's either a that has commitment issues or for someone who isn't like really ready to settle down you know like you'll see like you know nah keep keep yourself open you know what I'm saying because you don't know what else is out there mm-hmm. right and so you know and so not, not, that's why I said like you know dating has changed. Because heck, I remember, 
I remember like, you know, there was a stigma of like, you know, if you, if you told somebody 10, 10 years ago that you, you know, oh yeah, I started talking to this girl off of MySpace. Or I started talking to off of, off of, off of uh, College Club. Like, what? You mean girls on College Club? You know what I'm saying? It was just like, there was a stigma to it. Now it's like everybody is doing it. Everybody, you know, you know, it's like some type of dating app that's you know, trying to find somebody. Because there, there's, there's like a lot of like women that I've talked to when I was on dating apps that were like, are you married? Like, like you, I would have to prove myself that I wasn't still married because there's a lot of married men who get on there to, to you know, <laughs> connect with women and stuff like that. So, like, the game is completely different. It's not like, you know, I know what Frank's saying, you got to wine and dine and all that. I mean, yeah, you want to you give a good impression and all that stuff. You don't want to, like, come up with being a bum. But, but all in all, I think, like, you know, Kind of what we talked about in our in our last conversation, you know, about the the toxic masculinity. There's like this idea of what a real man is, right? A real man would do this. A real man would do that. And so, like, there there are some who may have this idea of what what a man should do in a dating situation, you know. And if he doesn't do that, then it's a problem. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, people have different expectations. Expectations have changed. And, well, I think a lot, and you know, I'm always gonna go back to technology. And I, now, this time, I'm gonna go. Matter of fact, I'm gonna say technology. I'm just talking about the current event, the current event, and the current environment we're technically living in. What a lot of women between the age of 16 or 20, let's say 16 to 45. No, what? Um, I mean, I'm sorry. No, I, I am. I am. I'm gonna say 16 to 45. What do they like to watch on Monday nights? A lot of them like to watch um, what's that trash ass show? I hate it. Um, 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 the Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Now you got the Bachelorette. She get to choose from a plethora of men. She go do this little dating thing. They're making that okay. They're making that okay to do. Okay, they're making what okay to do? To talk to five, six, seven, ten different men at one time. So okay, I don't think I, I, no. On, let I me let me let me continue on. So when you're on POF or Tinder, I, I'm sorry, I just go to POF because that's where I used to be on before I got married. So that's what I'm saying. So that's all I know. I can only speak for POF. You're on POF, and Brian mentioned, you know, you're you know you're sitting back talking to one woman, and you see another, and you see another. What's different than what they're doing on TV? That is um, a publicized TV show that get high ratings among female audience. And that's okay, I'm guessing, in their eyes, because it sells. So, you're sitting back liking this person, that person. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with talking to multiple people. But I think that you have to be honest about it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But when you have a connection with someone, or you say that, you, or you tell someone you have a connection, or you're giving someone consistent time, I think, I think that at some point, and I think this is where men struggle a little bit more than women, um, and, and I could be wrong here, of saying, hey, I actually really like you and I want to give you time and effort. And COVID has done a, a whole flip on, I don't know how anybody's online dating right now um, because of COVID. But hey, if you want to get COVID, go ahead. I guess some folks might think they're immune. But for me, it's like, just be real, be honest. Like, 
don't sell to people, and I'm not going to say men to women or women to men, that they're the only person that you're talking to or they're the only person that has your interest. Obviously, I met you on Tinder or Match or whatever else, so I know why you're there. But if we're offline talking for another six to eight weeks um, and hanging out, then we need to have those conversations of, are you still courting other people? Are you interested in other people? And I think that people sometimes are just scared to ask. Um, or they want to let the man decide as a woman. Um, but I don't see anything wrong with you having, you open up your Tinder and you've got 50 new messages. What's wrong with that? Man, I think we need to do another episode. We need to do an episode on dating because there's so much I can say about this. And, um, no, there's but nothing. Brian, wrong. do you think yeah. it's wrong to have to talk to multiple people? I don't think so. I I think I think honestly, I mean this. I mean, I'm naturally just old school. I think that it can be messy. Um, I, I think it it could be messy because I mean, because people people get connected to people at different rates. Mm-hmm. So so where like you know a lot of times like you know women can generally be connected to a guy a lot faster than a guy would connect to her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, let's be completely honest. Y'all, y'all are like, y'all are, y'all are more emotional, right? So like that can happen. So therefore what can end up happening at times is that like your women can be uh, in a position of wanting to commit faster than a man is ready to commit. So therefore, you know, like there's, a, there's that, that situation like that you spoke of of like well communicate you know like well what, what are we doing right here but well, what's really going on but you know i i think i think it's probably safe practice to not do it i understand why people do do it but i think like if you are concerned with not hurting people it's probably best not to just because of that factor See, I have no problems. Like, I feel like if you're online, you know why you're online. You're online to meet somebody, right? And you're you're going through, you're scrolling through or swiping through or whatever you're doing. Um, like I said, I think if it becomes a, con- a consistent basis that you're communicating with someone, but you also, maybe I'm not as girly as I thought because you know what? I've got like two people who continue to text my phone like two years later. And I'm like, I'm not responding to your messages. Why do you continue to reach out to me? Leave me alone. But I don't want to be rude and say that. So I just ignore them. Well, check this out. We're an hour thirty five minutes into this. You subject. just made me feel bad. <laughs> you know, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to do a we gave me ideas about another episode, future episode, and uh, we are gonna do a show about um uh, dating. How about that, Brian and T? How about we make our next episode about dating? Dating in two thousand and twenty one. How we jump on Spirit Airlines for folks. Man, you better not. You better get the No. Fuck. <laughs> I'm giving him a hard time. Oh, damn, B. It's like you. you, you, you she always got something. Look. <laughs> she sound jealous. We're going to throw people out there like that. Let's go ahead, let's, let's, let's go ahead and be clear with it. Uh, what? Jealous of what? Jealous of what? Nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing. Well. 
<laughs> you know, we're going to have another episode. You guys, I know it's late where y'all at and stuff, and I appreciate you guys spending this Saturday night with me. I'm going to go ahead and dust this off and put it out there. But um, I want to leave you guys with this. Um, y'all watch the Washington, um, Washington and Tampa Bay football game? Yeah. Um, that quarterback, how did Tyler do? He did pretty good, did he? He, he all right. Taylor. He like a little, he, yeah, he like a little uh, uh, what's his face um, with the with the Browns, Mayfield. Um, uh, yeah, Baker. Baker. Baker, yeah, he, yeah, little, little short guy, you know, got real. I mean, he got some wheels on him. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Social media was loving him, and they talking so highly about him, talking about he should be the face of the Washington football team franchise and all that. Um, it's how it's, check this out. It's so funny how things all of a sudden changes. I'm reading me. I just got a breaking news. Social media turns on quarterback Taylor Henneke after unearthed articles on how he felt about George Floyd and Breon Taylor protester tweets from back in the summertime. How you go from love to they start digging in his past and they start finding out he was a Trump supporter and how he felt about things. There they go. That camp. <laughs> it's so funny. This just popped up on my phone. It's like. Can I just say this? You yeah. know what? I, I continue to think about, and I, and I think that as an African American woman, I do need to say it that um that there is a strong parallels between what happened at the Capitol and what happened this summer, um, and I think that oftentimes being African-American, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that if we're going to have discourse in this country, it has to be civil. And um, that we have to see each other's viewpoints. Um, and I think that Brian actually said something about that earlier in the podcast. But I think it's it's hard to see people go so hard. Yes, they what they did was wrong, right? But again, I also think that in, in some of the protests, I think that that's what people are upset about. They feel like we give people a right to riot and incite violence if they are minorities, but we don't do the same as if they're white. Um, I just want our listeners to know that we do not um, agree with any type of violence or setting police stations or any of that on fire. Um, just we're not given a break to Black Lives Matter at all. So, like somebody, I, I, a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook made a point. He's a he's a Trump supporter, but he made a point, which I was like, I can't argue with him on that. But he said, he said that you know he's hearing a lot of people talking about the double standards of if it was black people that went and did that, you know, this and that, whatever. He's like, everybody has double standards. Because think about the double standards that, that we are that we have pri- privilege of as black people that we know good well white people better not do it, right? So like the the idea that we are constantly are like picking at each other, you know what I'm saying? And it's always about like what we feel, what we want, what how we think, and we're not even taking the time to listen to the other side or listen to the other people. And I feel like that's the core of the problem. Like, I mean, there's people even like, you know, who they find fun in like, you know, keeping that stuff going. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they find they find it. They find it humorous to be able to like, you know, play both sides of that fence of being like, you know what? You know, yeah, you know, forget those white people. Da, 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 da. And then flip on the other side. But like, you know, yeah, you know, black folks, you know, y'all need to get yourself. You know, and it's like that's just that's just the world we in. 
like we are we are an extremely selfish group of people and it's like until we get until we come to the conclusion understanding that we gotta look out for other people more than we look out for ourselves we're gonna constantly have this problem good point good point hey that was a good episode tonight um it was good i ain't gonna lie i mean there's so much we talked about. It's going to be a three-part, man, it'll be a three-part show, but I'm just running all as one. So, yeah, B, T, y'all did good tonight, man. Anything y'all want to say in closing? Focus on your credit. If you still have your $600, go put it up <laughs> for now. Yeah, that's some real shit. That is real. That is Pay real. Pay off a debt. That is real. That's that's if you don't need it. That's if you don't need it. Like there are some of us who, well, I didn't get a check, but there are some people who got a check who don't necessarily need need the check. Right. So go go put it up and or pay off a debt instead of you know buying a new Apple Watch. Biden, I read somewhere he might drop 10, 10 G's on people's student loans. So. But that's we'll for, yeah, we'll see about that. I wonder if that's additional to those of us who are teachers. Because, like, they already took 10, 10 G's off of my student loan. Um, but, yeah, that, yeah, I saw her that too. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to need that. Hell yeah. Take, yeah. But, um, but no, like, yeah, I would just say to everybody too, man, it's just, you know, you got you got to think you got to think outside of yourself. Like we got we got to be we got to be a lot more, you know. We have to we we have to develop this ability to be able to give everybody grace mm-hmm. and understand that none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Not we're all going to mess up and and do things that's going to upset other people, but give people grace. You know what I'm saying? Holding on to holding on to anger and frustrations and then blowing up on people. You know, or, or or you know, trying to take people down because of stuff they did in the past. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we, we have to like give people grace. You know, so yeah, that's that's it. Well, that was good. That is true, right there, man. And um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ben Frank. Now, um, we're going to kick it back off again. Hopefully, sometime next week or week after with. That being stalling show. I'm not being stalled. Sunday was stalling. Gosh, they've been so long, man. Yeah, well, Sunday was stalling, man. We got to kick that back off. So, um, matter of fact, um, we'll get to it soon. Stalling, you be cool with a dating show? Yeah, that's cool. That's okay. cool. Well, you, Miss T, you be cool with it? Might offend some folk, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> What's new, Brian? Oh, <laughs> well, hell yeah. Hey, this is another episode of Ben Frank now. We love you guys. Y'all be safe. Welcome to 2021. So far, I think it's doing all right. You know, um, we're coming up on a Kobe Bryant one year death pretty soon. And I don't, to this day, that still hit me pretty hard. You know, just been a father, period, especially girls and just, I don't know. But um, love each other. You know? love each other. Till next time, we love you. <laughs>